This is Jake with Radio Underland coming to you live from, uh, you know, the middle of the desert, middle of nowhere, late night, had a busy day today, had a lot of stuff to do, had a busy weekend, and uh, just now getting to do the show right now, right now, it's uh, 10.15, it's a little late, I've had a couple beers, and uh, it's time to do this thing, right? All right, I made the mistake, I put the monitor above my lens, and so you're going to see me doing this all night, looking up. Like I'm looking right over your head as you're watching this on YouTube. I can't help it. It's what I'm going to do. Anyways, so a lot of stuff going on in the news today. We had uh, one of the most, uh, a lot of shootings going on in this country over the weekend. We had a church where the Chinese immigrant uh, blew away a bunch of Taiwanese. We had the kid in Buffalo that drove across the state, big uh, racially motivated to blow away a bunch of black people. I think there was over 100 and some odd uh, deaths over the weekend, 130 or something like that deaths in the United States, uh, a couple mass casualties, more than two, um, two of those being very racially motivated, very much, you know, at, at just, just Rwanda. Uh, a lot of you guys are too young to remember Rwanda. Rwanda was a place where there was racial genocide that was going on all the time. How did they fix it over there? Because we have incidents of of racially motivated murders happening here in America. How did they fix it over there? Uh, they basically stopped talking about race and politics. They, 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 they took the whole colorblind approach and it's working in Rwanda. You know, when you, when you, when you deal with media the whole time, like we've got this new girl, that's the new re, uh, reporter for the white house. She's the first, uh, immigrant, first, uh, black, first, uh, lesbian, uh, press press secretary for the white for for president biden and she's been yelling racist 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 like in, anytime there's a problem it's it's racially motivated that's that's all she talks about you know we've got critical race theory going on in the schools there's a story in here that i'm that I'm, i might get to where it's a a, a mom is su su suing a school district because she had a biracial son that was uh had a whole attitude change once he hit the eighth grade and started having this biracial theory then at home this biracial son everything that she would do uh he would yell that it was racist whether it was uh clean his room clean the house do anything uh his first response was that's racist so so she's school suing the school district you know it seemed like we we made strides in this country for a long time to become uh somewhat raise children in a way where they're colorblind but if our politics are based 100% on race all the time and it's in front of everybody's face, if schools are uh, teaching how certain colors of people are not equal for various reasons and critical race theory, it's going to cause division and we're going to have incidents like this. I don't know why the leftists in this country think it's so important to push this whole race narrative, but it is important to them. And uh, I think we're going to see more of this. I hate to say it. But anyways, first story I want to get to is uh, Netflix. So, yeah, hang on a second. So Netflix, basically, somebody brought out a camera and uh, and has been uh, videoing this guy. This is coming from Project Veritas. And they're talking about the whole Elon Musk takeover. And they're talking about how the, the left-wing politics of Twitter uh, and what drives that company. So let's take a look at this right here, right here. Just take a listen to what this guy has to say. He's a software engineer for Twitter, and this is brought out by Project Veritas. 
Capitalists, if we weren't really operating in a capitalist mode, we were very socialist, like we're all like commie as Right there, the engineer says we're all commie as fuck. We're all commie as fuck. Twitter doesn't believe in free speech. This is a this is internal. A guy that's working for Twitter, this is what he has to say. Now, this is kind of unverified, but this is Saru Morgenshan. Uh, he's a senior engineer, a senior engineer at Twitter. Let's let him go ahead and keep talking, and we'll see what's been going on behind the red curtain of communism at Twitter. Ideologically, uh, it does not make sense, like because we're actually censoring the right, not the left. So everyone on the right wing will be like, "Bro, it's okay to say, just gotta tolerate it." Uh, the left will be like, "No, I'm not gonna tolerate it. I need a censor, or else I'm not gonna be in the hot So it does go right. It's true. There is a bias. I don't know. The two parties can truly coexist on one platform. What do your colleagues say about like? They hate it. Oh my god, I'm at least like okay with it, but some of my colleagues are like super left, 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 left. What uh, are they saying? They're, they're like, this will be my last day if it happens. Has much changed since like Elon's coming out? A lot of change. A lot has changed. We're all like worried for our jobs. Why are you guys so worried? You know, jobs are at stake. He's a like, I, I, know, I, still think I, <laughs> I think it's just like the environment. Like you, you're there, and you become like safe. Yeah. You don't know. He did all he can to like. Is that he started? I started working for Twitter, and I became left. Uh, you work there and you're just like a commie. This is what this guy is saying, man. It's it's all it's everything that's everybody speculated to be true of what's going on behind the doors at Twitter. Uh, and this guy's just kind of confirming everything. Like he's in a place, he's a senior software engineer for Twitter. Uh, let's let him go some more. There's only about a minute left. Against it. A lot of employees voted against it. But at the end of the day, board of directors have a say and then they acted on their best interest because they didn't want to get sued. I basically went and worked like four hours a week last quarter. That's just how it, how it works mm -hmm. for a company. Yeah. How would you describe communism inside Twitter? Essentially, like, everyone gets to do whatever they want. No one really cares about, like, OPEX, uh, like, capitalism. They care about numbers. They care about, like, how to make the business more efficient. But in Twitter, it's like, mental health is everything. Like, if you're not feeling it, you can take a few days off. People take a month off, they'll come back. But you always like, like do your best at any time, and that's the culture. And you know, we we'll run the business as much as possible. Capitalists would be like, you gotta generate profits all year round. Uh, a lot of people look at survival. Yeah, so he goes on. Yeah, they say that he'd go on like four months a month, uh, four hours a month. Uh, they're saying that mental stability at Twitter is like uh, primary target. If you need to take some a uh, couple days off just to get your head together, take a couple months off. They really don't care. Uh, and then he was comparing it how to uh, at a capitalist, um, a business that's based on actually making money. Um, they they would not put up with the the shenanigans that are going on there at Twitter. Uh, either ways, uh, Twitter uh, insider saying it's a uh, communist. He, he straight up says they censor the left. And he said, we censor the left because, because if you don't censor, if, I, mean, I mean, censor the right, if you, we censor the right, because the left users will be like, well, we're not going to stay on this platform unless you censor these people. And he said, if it was the other way around, the right would be like, yeah, you can't censor it. They have the right to say it. 
but you know, in his argument is that the two parties can't exist on one system, on one uh, social media platform regarding the left and the right. Um, and he, and he might, he might, I don't, I don't know if I'd say he's right, but he has a point there. I mean, if you put that those two groups of people, extreme left, extreme right in the same chat groups, it's just going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal all the time. <laughs> There's no way around it. There's no way around it. That's that's what that's what we've developed in this country too. Is just that this there's no discussions, there's no debate. It's just straight to doxing, uh, sending something over to your house, doing you know just just do, playing dirty as as fast as you can when there's a di disagreement over politics, whether it's on Twitter or anywhere else for that matter. Anyways, uh, 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 there's a problem that we have here, and this uh, this young they is going to bring it to our attention. Uh, I'm not too sure what the pronouns are, but it's a uh, uh, uh I, I don't know. I don't even know what to call her because uh, her whole thing is about pronouns and and giving compliments to people like at a go girl. Yeah, we shouldn't be doing that as a country. We we've got to get rid of these barbaric terms that uh, identify misidentify people. And this chick's gonna let us know here. Take a listen to this. This is uh, pretty far out there, but uh, this is the direction that we're going, folks. So you know, just put on your seatbelt and get hop on the woke train and ride it with me. Here we go. Hey, can we stop using gendered compliments like as a people? Because first of all, uh, that's a term used by and for black women. Second of all, I am not a female person. Um, I don't care. I don't give a single fuck what I look like to you. I am non-binary. And I'm really sick of getting comments that say you go girl nice job sis like I don't care if they're compliments they misgender me and they make me feel bad so I'm not trying to shit on you specifically but I'm also not shitting on you I'm just saying can you type something else um, but yeah in the future when you want to compliment someone don't add a gendered thing especially when it in their profile their pronouns are listed as all pronouns daisy like I'm not a sis I'm not a sis for so many reasons gender reasons race reasons and I, I don't want to keep making fucking videos about this. Hey. Uh, okay. All right. Don't compliment. <laughs> the, 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 the. Okay. So she's saying like, oh, because I have my genders on my profile. I have my genders on my, 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 my pronouns on my LinkedIn, my pronouns on my Twitter. You should, yeah. But that doesn't affect people that you meet on the street. And when you look like a girl and somebody gives you a compliment as a girl, uh, this is really what you're going to get upset about. Well, apparently so. Apparently so. So if you want to be woke, 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 do not, do not give people compliments that are gender-based. You can't do that. So you just go like, Ada, Ada, way to, way to go. Ada boy. You can't say Ada boy. Uh, so I need to work on this. Uh, my gender, my genderless compliments. Hey, girl. no, you can't say, Hey girl. I, I don't know. We got to figure something else, you know, because, because, because otherwise you're going to get just reamed for, uh, you know, bring this out. Okay. So Karine Jean Pierre, um, she is the, she is the new black gay immigrant woman here first. Let me, you know, she's, she's the one that took over as press secretary for, uh, Paskey for president Biden. Uh, she's had her first day on the stand. Or, you know, on the, in the press pulpit, I don't know what you want to call it, the first day on the job. So she introduced herself, in case you don't know, uh, here she is, and she's going to tell you who she is. So we need, we need, we need some, a little bit of frame of reference 
on this. I am obviously acutely aware uh, that my presence at this podium uh, represents a few firsts. Uh, I am a black gay immigrant woman, the first of all three of those to hold this position. I would not be here today if it were not for generations of barriers, pe barrier breaking people before me. I stand on their shoulders. If, if it were not for generations of barrier-breaking barrier people before me, I would not be here. But um, I benefit from their sacrifices, I have learned from their ex ex excellence, and I am forever grateful to them. Representation does matter. You hear us, you hear us say this uh, often in this administration, and no one understands this better than President Biden. I am obviously acutely aware. All right, all right. Acutely aware. Okay, we get it. We get it. First African-American, first lesbian, first immigrant. All right, that's good. She checks all the boxes, right? Well, let's see how she did. Now, Now, I, I got to give it to anybody that takes this job as a press secretary for the president. It's going to be a difficult job. You need to have an A game because this is no joke of a job. And so here she is. Uh, fumbling around a little bit with this one issue regarding Biden's tweets for inflation, because, you know, now she's the mouthpiece that whenever Biden says something erroneously stupid, she's the one that's going to get the questions from the press corps and have to sort this out and and make make heads or tails out of whatever Biden says. So here she is uh, taking on some questions and, uh, you know, not faring too well, but, you, you know, she's giving her her best shot. Great. Congratulations. Thank nice you. to see you up there. Thank you. Uh, the president's Twitter account posted the other day, you want to bring down inflation, let's make sure the wealthiest corporations pay their fair share. Mm -hmm. How does raising taxes on corporations reduce inflation? Um, so are you talking about a specific tweet? He tweeted, you want to bring down inflation, let's make sure the wealthiest corporations pay their fair share. Look, you know, we have talked about um, we have talked about this this past year uh, about um, making sure that the wealthiest among us are paying their fair share, um, and that is important to do. And uh, that is something that uh, you know the president has been you know working on uh, every day when we talk about inflation and lowering costs. And so it's very important uh, that uh, you know as we're seeing costs rise, uh, as we're talking about how to you know uh, you know build a, a, a American that's safe that's equal for everyone and doesn't leave everyone behind that is an important part of that as well but how does raising taxes on corporations lower the cost of gas the cost of a used car the cost of food for everyday Americans so look I think we encourage those who have done very well right especially those who care about climate change uh, to support a fair ta tax code that doesn't change that doesn't charge manufacturers workers cops builders a higher percentage of their earnings that the most fortunate people in our nation and not let this this that stand in the way of reducing energy costs and fighting this ex existential problem if you think about that as an example and to support basic collective bargaining rights as well right that's also important but look it is you know by not if without having a fair tax code which is what i'm talking about then all every like manufacturing workers cops you know it's not fair for them to have to pay higher taxes than the folks that who are who are who are not paying taxes at well, all well, what does that have to do with inflation the president said you want to bring down inflation let's make sure the wealthiest corporations pay their fair share Jeff Bezos yeah. came out and tweeted about that. He said the newly created disinformation board yeah. should review this tweet. Would you be okay with that? 
Look, it's not a huge mystery why one of the wealthiest individuals on earth, right, opposes an economic agenda uh, that is for the middle class that cuts some of the biggest costs families face, fights inflation for the long haul, right? And that's what we're talking about. That's why we're, we're talking about uh, lowering inflation here and adds to the historic deficit reduction the president is achieving by asking the richest taxpayers and corporations to pay their fair share. That is what we're talking about. Uh, you know, she never answers the question. Uh, the, the question's simple. How does taxing the most wealthy in this country, most wealthy corporations, how does that bring down inflation? And it's unrelated. When Biden, when Biden posted that, uh, the only thing that's going to do is get more money in the government's hands to do whatever the hell they want with. It doesn't put more money in Americans, the working class hands. Uh, I don't know. She she just she just couldn't get an answer for that. Uh, she should have used Paskey's old term. Well, let me look into this a little more, and I'm, I'll circle back with you. That was Paskey's go-to when she was just dumbfounded, didn't have anything uh, uh, to say. Well, what blew me around, uh, uh, Kareen, we're here. What blew me away about this is I think that's the most she's ever talked that I've heard, ever heard her talk uh, without calling everything racist. Because one thing she likes to fall back on is just calling that whatever the problem is, it's always based on racism. And here's a little collage. Racism, sexism, misogyny, all of that, homophobia, xenophobia, we, we connected to Donald Trump, but it existed before Donald Trump. Fox News was racist before coronavirus. They are racist during the coronavirus. Fox News will be racist after the coronavirus. Racism has, was, was here before Donald Trump, and it's, uh, sadly, it will be here after okay. Donald Trump. It walks like a racist, talks like a racist, acts like a racist. It is a racist. And we have a racist president in the White House who really pushes his racism racism like a peacock. Donald Trump is the first president to have purposefully had made has made racism the center of his of his campaign, of his administration clearly. I think Donald Trump wants to get rid of legal immigration and it's because of people who come from brown and black countries. He might do away with DACA, which is another moral line that he would be crossing, which is something that would be enforcing advancing a sub white supremacy agenda. Donald Trump was a white supremacist in 2011 when he decided to be the grand wizard of the Birther movement. Birtherism, which is inherently racist. They want to put up these awful voter registration, voter suppression laws, which is racism, to make it difficult for people of color to vote. And voter suppression is racism. That's exactly what it is. Xenophobia and racism has always played a role in outbreaks. If you look at SARS, if you look at Ebola, if you look at yellow fever or Spanish flu. We've been talking about the coronavirus and how it is an epidemic in this country, which is true. But another epidemic in this country is racism. Remember George Floyd, Amon uh, Aubrey, um, and so many lives, uh, black lives that were lost last year because of violence, um, because of racism, because of, you know, white supremacy. Can we kind of dispel this whole idea that the Tea Party was about the deficit yeah. when, when clearly that is not true? What it was about was a reactionary to the, 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 the racism in America that we were seeing at the time. And what are we going to do to actually... Um, start the process because it's going to take some time to uproot systemic racism. We have to keep, continue to call out this racism. We cannot stop not doing that. 
Well, well, you know what 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 she needed to do was just say that you know after getting her like her go to response to all these questions uh, being racism, uh, you know, uh, taxing the middle class, working American working class Americans, etc., and not class uh, taxing the rich is racism, and she should just left it at that because that's how she answers every other fucking question. Um, anyways, yeah, so that's Karine Jean Pierre, new press secretary for President Biden, first lesbian immigrant lesbian immigrant woman of color to be the deputy press secretary for the Biden administration. Uh, so congrats to her. Uh, now this came out now. It, it always blows my mind when parents go before school council meetings and when they get censored for talking about what's being talked about in the schools with their children. Uh, I did a story last week where there was a mom that was reading excerpts from a book uh, that was available to her children through the online library that the school used. And uh, when she was reading it back to the school board, she was being censored. She was asked to stop. She was asked to leave. She was asked all these other things. The school board just didn't want anything to do with it. Now, here in this incident, well, I'll let the mom describe it. But it, the, the audio on this is really bad because it got some jackass doing the audio and he has every microphone gated and they come in and out. But what this mom is saying is she's trying to read a script that her daughter was told, a 15-year-old daughter, I believe, was told to memorize and 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 have ready for a play or some activity that they were doing at the school. The Regardless of what the activity was, the student was asked to go home and memorize this and act it out in the in the classroom. This mother had a big problem with it. And as she starts reading with it, people get uproarious. And the school board for this school district does not want her to complete what she's saying when this is what's being taught or what's been told to her student in their school district. I don't know how, you know, they always use the excuse, this is a public forum. We, we can't tolerate that kind of language. Well, yeah, the school is a public forum too, but you can tolerate it there for the student, but you're going to have a problem when we read it from the school board. I would understand if somebody's being profane or saying something that's out of line that is unread, but she is reading exact words of what is going on in the school and the school board has a problem with it. So here, check this out. This is pretty friggin' insane. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to read you an assignment given to my 15-year-old daughter at a local high school. This will be horrifying for me to read to you, but that will give you perspective on how she must have felt when her teacher required her to memorize this and to act it out in front of her entire class. I don't love you. It's not you. It's just I don't like your dick or any in that case. I cheated, Joe. Oh, they're losing it. I'm sorry. I don't like your dick or any dick. Excuse me. Excuse me. I, I don't. Thank you so much for your, thank you for your uh, comment. Forgive me. I, we're not using profanity. Are you? Okay. The teacher this, this... required my daughter to read, memorize this and read this pornographic material. Excuse me. Please don't engage with the audience. Okay. Uh, sorry, so my please continue your public comment. Your your time is you've got one one minute and nineteen seconds. Um, I ask you simply. This is a public meeting. I ask for decorum, um, and I'm asking Dr. Jara. Thank you so much, Dr. Jara. If you don't want me to read it to you, what was that like for my 15 year old daughter to have to memorize pornographic material and? Um, and memorize it and 
Coach. Madam President, Thanks. members of the board staffs on this, um, we can have the region superintendent speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not up to code for the school board. It's not up to, it's not up to their policy of appropriate speech inside this school meeting. But it's appropriate for the 15-year-old daughter to re memorize and act out in front of the class for whatever the, the reason was. Uh, I don't like dicks. I don't like any dicks, whatever it is. Um, pornographic. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Um, you know, there's been speculation for so long that the, the Democrats are just, you know, uh, they're letting, they're letting non-American citizens vote. And, uh, <laughs> this, this came out here. This is on the 11th. So it was just a few days ago. And, and this is just a politician being very vocal about it in New York and telling, saying straight up that in New York, yes, uh, the illegal immigrants that are here that are not U.S. citizens, they are allowing to vote in New York. And this is kind of mind-blowing, but check it out. Well, no, this is a recent action. It was just no, passed in December. No, that, that is not correct. Uh, Non-citizens uh, have not been eligible to vote in New York or, for, as far as I know, in any other state uh, since the 19th century. That's not true. The New York City Council voted in December to allow this. It begins January 9, 2023. Cities in Vermont and Maryland already allow this, and similar measures are under consideration in Illinois, Maine, and, and uh, Massachusetts right now. If the gentleman will yield? Yes. Uh, I believe those are um, considerations of allowing votes in municipal elections only. Right, but, but th th thank you. That's the point. <laughs> Everybody wants to know at home, why would they allow this? Guys, they're allowing it because they're going to turn them into voters. They already are doing this in New York City, largest city in America, and this is the plan of our friends on this side to turn all the illegals into voters. That's it, folks. That's what's going on. That's the game. That's why the border's open. That's why they've dropped it. Look, I, I respect Ms. Lofgren yield? and all her work in this arena. Yes, I'll, I'll yield, Mr. Chairman. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. As a New Yorker, I would love to think that New York is the entire country, but it is not. <laughs> it is not, and consideration is being given to uh, uh, permitting uh, non-citizens to vote in New York, and I believe in, uh, in uh, the capital city of Vermont. I forget which that is. Uh, but it, as, lo, as much as I'd like to believe it, New York and Vermont are not the entire country. But, Mr. Chairman, that's the whole point. It, this is what's going on, folks, at home. If you're trying to figure this out, if you're scratching your heads, you're seeing the video, you see droves of people, 2.4 million people coming over the border illegally, the president allowing, the Democrats in charge of Congress are allowing it, the deal is they're going to turn them into voters. You just heard it. They don't have any problem with that. They celebrate it. Here's the deal. We have a problem with it. The Constitution has a problem with it. American elections should be decided by American citizens. That's it. That's what, that's what this is about. That's why we're jumping up and down and screaming, my friends on the video who are commenting about this. That's why we're so upset, because our constituents are, 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 are frightened that we are losing our country. We're losing our security. We're losing our sovereignty, because we're going to allow people from 160 different countries around the world to come in here and decide our elections. That's it. Here it is on record. You all heard. There it is. Uh, so that's how we do it here in, in New York and Vermont, where uh, illegal immigrants, illegal immigrants with no skin in the game, no contribution to our tax system, no nothing, are able to vote in elections, municipal elections on the local level. I don't know where that ends and begins, but I, I would assume that that would go all the way up to like state state assembly and, uh, you know, who knows? Governors, mayors, all that kind of stuff. 
legal immigrants voting. I mean, what other country? What other country says, oh, you don't live here? You're not a citizen of our country? Yeah, you can vote on our elections. Who the frick is doing that? Nobody's doing that. But here in America, here in America, that's the kind of legislation they're passing to make this kind of stuff happen. Now, an interesting story that happened here is California had this law in the books. Uh, it, it was the Equal Protection Clause of the California Constitution. Okay, well, that's what it, it was the whole thing about the California quota for women on corporate boards, right? So a California law requiring publicly held corporations. So if you worked for a big corporation that was publicly held, you had to include women on their board. Well, that has been declared unconstitutional by a Los Angeles judge. Superior Court Judge Maureen Duffy Lewis said the law, which requires corporations with principal executive offices in California to include women on their boards, violates the Equal Protection Clause of the state's constitution. The law was challenged by Judicial Watch, who argued that the law created an unconstitutional gender-based quota system, which it did. Judicial Watch represents three California taxpayers who brought forth the case. The judge issued the ruling on Friday. Thankfully, California courts have upheld the core American value of equal protection under the law. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton said in a statement Monday, the 2018 law at the center of the case, Senate Bill 826, required that publicly held foreign or domestic corporations with principal executive offices in California add at least one female director to its board by the end of 2019. By January 2022, the law required corporations to have at least three female directors on boards of six or more members and at least two female directors on boards of five members, which is just the most outrageous, ridiculous thing that I've ever heard in my life. I mean, I've heard of this before. I knew it was going on in California, but thank God that you can't dictate your board members based on their penis or vagina. And a California judge actually stood by and said, yeah, that's this is this type of a quota situation is unconstitutional and it goes against the California constitution. I think it goes against the constitution of everybody. But anyways, Netflix is standing up to the whole woke movement and all their employees, their woke employees uh, that have been bitching about the Dave Chappelle's and all the other kind of stuff going on. And basically they fired off a warning shot in a memo that went out to all employees. A new corporate culture memo from Netflix is taking a hardline stance on attempts to silent artistic expression by warning those who are offered or who are offended by the streaming services content that they may want to go find a job elsewhere. Uh, Variety, the trade publication Variety reports that the change in Netflix company culture appears to be in large part due to the backlash the streaming service faced from woke employees last year over its Dave Chappelle special which the employees claimed was transphobic. The updated Netflix culture memo includes a new section called artistic expression that states that it will not censor specific artists or voices, even if employees consider the content harmful. And so this is out on a lot of publications today. This particular article was from the daily wire, but then there was another article in the New York uh, post uh, Netflix is proof Americans have had enough of woke speech policing. And I saw another statistic that was out today. I, I actually didn't pull up that article for this uh, show, but I saw another statistic that basically people are saying that they want companies to stay out of uh, politics and policies and that kind of stuff. 
you know, just stick it to the facts. Stay, stay straight to the facts. Now, this is a funny image that came up from uh, uh, <laughs> Lori Lightfoot for out of, uh, out of Chicago, right? Lori Lightfoot, she's always putting her foot in her mouth, doing some dumb shit. Uh, this one, she she decided to post this little picture here, and her headline is her tweet is in Texas. I'm reading any damn book I choose. No banning of books or thought ever. And what book is she reading? She's reading To Kill a Mockingbird. And the reason why she's reading To Kill a Mockingbird is there's a bunch of school districts that took To Kill a Mockingbird out of the schools. Uh, they said it wasn't appropriate reading for children. The thing is, is they were leftist wackos that took this out of the school because a big complaint about To Kill the Mar Mockingbird, which was set in the 60s. Anyways, it was the way that uh, blacks were portrayed in there. Um, even though accurate for the time, they didn't believe that it was appropriate to be in the schools. So it was this anti, anti blacks beating treated poorly in a book, leftist people that banned this book out of schools. And now you have this leftist mayor reading the book and making a point. Like, I think she's trying to blame that it was right wingers that got to kill a mockingbird taken out of the schools. It wasn't, it was left wingers. But I love it. I love it when the left gets so woke and so just, just confuckubobulated. I made that word up, confuckubobulated, so just confused that they can't make heads for uh, heads or tails over anything, and they just start devouring each other over uh, all their nonsense. But this is an interesting picture. Lori Lightfoot reading to, cool, to kill a mockingbird, which her constituents and her wildest, wild-eyed leftists uh, banned uh, is book banning sweeping the nation. Uh, here was in Seattle uh, school drops to kill a mockingbird over racism, racism concerns. That was January 28th, 2022. Uh, a Seattle area school board voted to remove to kill a mockingbird from now. This is Seattle. You can't tell me it was a right wing conservative uh, a school board in friggin' Seattle. No, it was left wingers that had the ba book ban and she's, you know, I don't know. I, that was just to make my point. That it was leftists in Seattle that were moving this thing. And then it also happened in, I believe, uh, Tennessee or something like that. Anyways, let's continue with the news. Uh, Disney officials. Now, this was uh, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer on the 15th. Uh, he basically announced that Johnny Depp's not coming back for Pirates of the Caribbean. In fact, they are writing a new scripts and everything to focus on what actress you may ask. Yes, I said actress. I don't think you're allowed to say actress anymore. I think I can only say actor. The actor that they are basing Johnny Depp's character or who they're evolving it to or bringing into the fold is they're looking at Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. She kind of got that Johnny Depp vibe, you know what I mean? I could, I could see her playing this part, but Margot will apparently be the new Jack Sparrow. I don't know if it's going to be a different name, what it's going to be. Uh Jack Vagina Sparrow, who knows? They that those details weren't released, but it looks like they're going with Margot Robbie. Uh that's a boring story. White House is trying to release a plan to uh boost housing supply. Uh basically what they're gonna do is they're gonna uh, do a bunch of first-time home buyer uh plans. Uh they're they're just, what they're gonna do is they're gonna spend a lot of money that's gonna get inflation going up more, which has got us in this whole conundrum of why houses are so expensive to begin with and how's the government going to fix it they're going to throw more money at the problem take it away from taxpayers where the dollar isn't worth anything and uh you know do they're just gonna fuck it up even more but anyways 
The administration released a housing supply action plan that officials said would produce more housing supply, including affordable units in the next five years. When aligned with other policies to reduce housing costs and ensure affordability, such as rental assistance and down payment assistance, closing, what what does that mean? Assistance means taxpayers' dollars going to pay for it. Rental assistance and down payment assistance, closing the gap will mean more affordable rents and more attainable homeownership for Americans in every community, the White House said in an outline of the plan. So that's coming down the pike. So if you're not a homeowner, uh, you know, the government's going to try to help you. I got this whole study on women's masturbation. I'm going to skip it because, you know, I, I, I don't need to talk about that. I mean, that's not my 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 thing. Now, quietly in the press, which um, isn't getting talked about much, is that Biden, after Trump pulled all the troops out of Somalia, okay, uh, he is sending them back in. So Biden sending U.S. trips back out to Somalia after Trump pulled them all out. Fewer than 500 troops set to be sent to East African nation. Biden gave Pentagon authority to target Al-Shabaab leaders. I'm probably saying that wrong because I'm not the international uh, whatever. But President Joe Biden has authorized the U.S. military to send special operation troops back to Somalia on a persistent basis to revive counterterrorism mission that was ended during Donald Trump's administration the White House announced. So Donald Trump put an end to it, said we're not putting American lives over there, and Biden just reinforced it. So you're, now this is going only going to be really uh, uh, a topic of discussion if you're watching this on YouTube, but I'm sure you can Google this. Because, so this is the new chick that's on the cover of the Swim, uh, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Yumi New. That's Y-U-M-I, last name New, N-U. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on here because she is a rather... Uh, full figured women, uh, full figured. Well, I'm assuming she's a woman. Hold on. Let's check here. I don't see any, well, she could be internally tucked and I wouldn't see the penis, but from my best guess, I don't know what her pronouns are, but she appears to be, uh, a ge- genetically born as a woman. I have to tiptoe around this because I don't want to say the wrong pronouns or whatever. And I don't know what her pronouns are, but there's a lot of uproar about this. And basically it's about the size of her. Now she's a very pretty girl i'm looking at their face her face is yeah she's got a beautiful face and she definitely has a full figured body full figured body like she's weighing like 230 no maybe not 230 i don't know how tall she is but she's a bigot she's a bigot brings a question like if i wasn't married and i was single would i bang her yeah probably would. she's got a very very pretty face but at the same time she's she's a thicky she's a thicky she's definitely got a cushion for the pushing but there's people that are out there complaining about this. I don't know. Make your own decision. I got the picture up right now. Can't see a penis. I don't know her pronouns, but she's a biggie. Yumi New is on the cover of swim uh, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. Okay. Um, baby formula shortage. Now, for those of you that are not aware, and if you don't have an infant, it's probably of no concern to you whatsoever, but there is a massive baby formula shortage in the United States. Uh, what happened is the FDA... Well, first off, there's only four major companies that make a majority of the baby formula here in the United States, and I forget the names of them, but one of the big companies, they had a bacteria problem. The FDA went in there to, this is the company that makes Similac, et cetera. The, the FDA went in there to investigate the property. They didn't find the bacteria anywhere where the where the baby formula is being made, but in like the corner of one of the buildings, they found a little bit of this bacteria, so they shut them down altogether. 
And so when you only have four companies that are making baby formula and the big one gets shut down, yeah, we're going to have a problem. Uh, so we're asking the the Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, uh, who is Biden's appointed uh, Surgeon General, uh, what should you do if you're a parent and you are finding yourself in situations where you cannot find baby formula? This is what he had to say. I hear your advice to parents, but it sounds like parents are only diluting the former or resort at the formula or resorting to making their own because they can't get their hands on any formula. And some of them, I mean, we've talked to parents whose children have allergies. They can't substitute one formula for another. So, I mean, they're feeling desperate. What date do you think that parents who are not able to get formula right now will be able to get it? Well, Alison, I certainly understand uh, that pain, the concern. And if you are a parent whose child is on specialty formula, then you should talk to your doctor, your OBGYN, or your child's pediatrician uh, about what the alternative options in terms of formula should be. A number of physicians' offices also can carry uh, samples as well, and you can check with your doctor's office to see if they have samples. I hear your advice to parents. So the answer is go to your doctor, go to your pediatrician, and see if they have any samples that you can mooch off them. I don't think that's a long-term solution. I saw this other this other politician that works with the uh, uh, what organization was it? It was the um, oh, it was the uh, FEMA FEMA that has emergency supplies of baby formula, and she had been ranting about this since like September of last year, and she said nobody's doing about it. There was a whistleblower. For these baby formula problems that brought it to the FDA's attention and the FDA didn't do anything about it, just a clusterfuck. And now it's one of those things where it's off the shelves. We got the whole rush on baby formula, just like you did with toilet paper back in the COVID days. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's very difficult to find for a lot of people. It's a, it's a shit show. It's a shit show. And the government, whatever they're trying to do about it, the government is kind of the root of the problem for the FDA shutting down manufacturers of baby formula. And what are they going to do about it? I don't know. It's a massive problem. Massive, massive problem. All right. So here's the Virginia mom that I talked about earlier that's suing over her biracial sons over CRT curriculum. And she's claiming that it totally changed her son's perspective on race. For years now, and here the left we go. has been claiming that critical race theory isn't real. And even if it was, they're not teaching it in our schools. Critical race theory, which, by the way, isn't even taught in public schools to begin with. Critical race theory is not being taught in Virginia public schools. It's not being taught in any public schools in America. Critical race theory is not taught in schools. Critical race theory is not taught in any K-12 school in America. That's a lie and a dangerous one. Critical race theory is being taught in American classrooms, and it's damaging the way our children view the world. Melissa Riley saw the radical curriculum at her 13-year-old son's middle school in Virginia. Melissa's son is biracial, but he'd never talked about his race or racial issues until the school forced it on him. Melissa is now suing his school, claiming they brainwashed her son. Melissa Riley joins me now along with her attorney, Ryan Banger, at Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel. All right, so, Melissa, your, your son is, uh, the father's black, you're white, and he'd never mentioned issues with race before, you're saying? What exactly changed? Right, we didn't have issues before. He's in eighth grade. They introduced this critical um, 
program and now he's having racial issues that what, was not there before. What kind of racial issues is he having? Well, he's seen himself just as a black man. He's seen things that don't go his way as racism. Um, and he's finding safety in numbers now. So when you're saying... He what is safety in numbers? School, he blames racism or a girl rejects yes. him on a date. Racism. Are those the kind of things you're seeing? Yes. I ask him to clean the house. Racism. Yes. <laughs> you're kidding, right? Are you serious? <laughs> No, I'm serious. They have totally changed his perspective. They have put him in a box. So you're saying he doesn't want to do his chores because that's racist? He's using it as an excuse because they've told him that that's how people see him is as a black man that the world is against and shows it as a negative now. All right. So, Counselor, you're going to litigate this because obviously this is brainwashing and it's having a deleterious effect on this on this young man's brain. Is the school fighting back? What are they saying? Oh, we don't teach this. We don't do this. Well, they certainly are fighting back and they don't deny what they're teaching. They just simply think it's fine. They think it's OK, but it's not OK. It's never OK. It's never right for a school to teach kids that they're determined entirely by their race. It's never okay for a school to tell kids that bigotry should be fought with bigotry and racism should be fought by doubling down on racism. Those things are not okay. They're violations of students' civil rights. Melissa, have you seen the materials that your son is studying that infected his brain? Yes. And what do they and I've say? I've to the school as well. Oh, you did? Oh, yes. So when this program was um, put into motion, I talked to the school and they told me that he could be a black um, spokesperson for the black community. When I told him I didn't think that that would be appropriate, they told me that if he was uncomfortable with the conversations, he and other children of color could go to a safe place during these conversations and that segregation. Oh, boy. And uh, your son's father, who's African-American, how does he feel about all this? I'm a single mom. Okay. So I'm teaching <laughs> him everything. Mm -hmm. Well, that's tough. And uh, we salute you for that. And we hope everything works out and your son gets out of this phase and he can learn about writing and arithmetic instead of critical race theory. I think that would be better for him and better for everybody. Thank you. Guys. Word. It would be much better. Uh, we just stuck to the basics. You know, I was, I was talking to a teacher uh, just uh, yesterday. I was talking to a teacher yesterday and that this particular teacher was saying, well, if I can't read my uh, Bible in the class, then I don't want him reading the Quran. And I'm like, yeah, I agree with both of that. I mean, I don't think let's just keep all the religions out of school. Let's keep all sexuality out of the school. Let's just get back to the basics. I do not have a problem with that. You know, we got to get back to the basics instead of like all this brainwashing nonsense. So whether that lawsuit goes anywhere or not, uh, there was no proof in the pudding of what uh, uh, material was being presented to her child. But as we have on this show, we've seen lots of CRT type based uh, 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 literature that has been placed in front of the students. And it's just not, uh, not appropriate in my opinion. So anyways, this is Jake with radio underland coming at you hot. This is, uh, what is the date today? I don't know what the, what is the date today? It was the, uh, the 16th, the 16th of, I don't even know what month it is. May 16th, 2022 coming with you for the daily news. Other than that, we'll talk to you later. See ya.